Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. You never finished the bracket this year, so you were right there because I yeah. actually put your name in just to see how low you'd finish. Yeah. I think mathematically you're not, you don't have a good upper score. Well, because I didn't fill out a bracket, but I'm probably still ahead of Saliza, even though I didn't fill out a bracket. Saliza <laughs> probably had, like Wilbon had Georgetown all the way to the Sweet 16. Yeah, again, we're all winning because Saliza has to watch Buddy Bayham for another game. <laughs> makes me very exactly. happy. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. All righty, then. I just as a programming note, we'll be back to three a week next week. Everything will be fine. Everything will be yeah, normal. Our, our apologies. Yeah, we'll be. We'll, I believe Jolene and some other listeners were very worried about you. No, no, fine, fine. We'll, we'll be back to three a week. I'll explain all of it next week. Don't worry about it. We thing. actually thought game started tonight. Um, yes, and I didn't realize that it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and. So to get to the NCAAs, Nigel uh, has told me that we are flooded with email about, you know, how's your Big Ten now, stupid, (laughs) signed by Pac-12 fans. I don't know how many more times I can actually say this, that it appears I was stupidly wrong, as were so many people. We've had Chuck Culpepper talk about it. We've had Michael Wilbon talk about it. Pat Forty will talk about it today. I'll talk about it, too. I was... I guess I could use the word deluded because it is delusional now. I was deluded into thinking that the Big Ten was by far the best conference and it would produce nothing but winners. And there's only one team left, Michigan, and I don't have a lot of faith in them because their best player, Livers, is out. So So was it as simple as you were just watching the Big Ten or is that just what was promoted more? I think it was promoted a lot. I didn't watch it. I certainly didn't watch the Pac-12 and I think the Pac-12, and I've said this a number of times, I think that under the stewardship of Larry Scott, who has stepped away as chairman of the uh, commissioner of the Pac-12. I think that the, that the conference went down the drain in, in the two important sports, basketball and football. Well, they've got four in. They've got four in. So this is a case of I have to shut my mouth about this and <laughs> apologize, which I'm perfectly willing to do. You know, I mean, you, you, can, you can pile on if you want. You're right. I'm clearly wrong about this. I didn't see any Pac-12 games all year. Because Pac-12 games usually start well beyond my bedtime, and because they haven't been good for a number of years, but they've got two California schools, UCLA, through through the play-in as as well to the Sweet 16, so they played three games. UCLA, USC, uh, and Oregon and Oregon State. They're still in. There's one Big Ten team. There's one Big 12 team. I thought and said on the air, bet them all in the first round. Bet all of them. Well, you'd go down the drain with me. That's what would have happened. There's only Baylor and there's only Michigan. They're two number one seeds. But that's all, you know, and there's nobody standing in the way of Gonzaga now. Well, we'll talk to Forty about that. But it seems that way to me. So it's not even a question of apology. It's not even like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my own stupidity. I was wrong. <laughs> right? And how many emails do we have about this? Like 100, 200? Yeah, yeah about 70, 75, something like that. Okay. Well, that's you were fine. wrong. I was wrong. Um <laughs> So I wasn't wrong? I was wrong. Yes, I was doubling down on that. Yeah, I was wrong. So what are our standings? Because well, let's, let's last time we bottom. were out, we had not How about this, finished. working our way up from the bottom? Tony, 16. you you are still in last place. Well, I didn't fill out a zero, bracket. Yeah, with zero total <laughs> and zero for your max. Yeah. Wilbon, yeah. second from the bottom, 270 currently, and only up to... Yes. Only up to five fifty for his potential ma- uh, for his potential max, and then Chuck Culpepper. And, and after having him on the other day, I may or may not have filled in his bracket incorrectly, so I feel bad about that. But if if I am 
correct in that assumption. I think I helped him out, so I'm just going to let that ride and see where it ends up. Okay. Uh, but as we go to the top of the board. Yeah, who's, who's on the top three? Coach Brian Polian still leading it for us with a total of 420. Nigel's right there as well. Sansi's right behind, and Sansi has a good uh, upper max. Nigel has, I think, the biggest potential max right now of those in the top five. Really? Bill Reginald. Wait, wait, but he's got, but Nigel had Ohio State. No, he had Gonzaga. Oh, oh yeah. How far did you have a... I had Ohio State to the finals. So okay. it was the I, classic I, I, fan move. Hooked him in the finals. Okay. All right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Reginald has yeah, Reginald has a the highest max potential score. So he's right in the mix. And he has Gonzaga as well. So that's where we're gonna see. And he's a monkey. To, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we need to stress, and he's a monkey. <laughs> and he's a monkey. And it's I don't, hard for I don't him think to fill out the and. bracket. He's a monkey. Right. Yeah, he's a monkey. <laughs> well, so. it's not that hard. He, so is anybody else? Is, is there a? Who do you want to hear? I don't know. Is it? Is anybody threatening? Is anybody? Of those are the big names that are threatening. Tory of. Does anybody have anyone winning this thing other than Gonzaga, Illinois, Michigan, and Baylor? Not. We have one Creighton. One. Well, that's Phil's mom. I know. I'm just saying we have one Creighton. Everyone else pretty much went with. Well, she calls right it Creighton. Creighton. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> and they try so hard this time of year. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we have pretty much everyone's going with Gonzaga. I think of our 20 selections, 20 including you. Who well, didn't but choose I, I, I didn't fill it I out. I think we have about uh, <laughs> 75% choosing Gonzaga. Okay. All right. So I wanted to get to one other thing. And as I said, we will have Lock and Fora and we will have 40 on. I wanted to get to one other thing because this is in the news. Sally wrote about this the other day in the Washington Post. It, the gender equity issue having to do with the preposterous, preposterous photograph that at the women's final four... Start as a TikTok. What does that mean? Don't worry about it, but I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's the photograph that they have one small rack of dumbbells. That's all they have. That's their weight room. And Sally just said um, that the NCAA, as a rule, considers women worth less, not worthless, but worth less than men. There's absolutely no denying this. This has become a very big issue, and rightfully so. And Mark Emmert, who's terrible as the president of the NCAA, he's terrible. Um, he's taking a lot of fire. And the most recent hits come from Megan Rapino, who I think was at the White House. Yes. Now, Megan Rapino. Equal uh, payday. Yes. Megan Rapino is a great athlete. She was voted the best soccer player in the world a couple of times. She's not, you know, she's not just another person, she's a great, great athlete. She's the leader or has been the leader of the Women's World Cup team that has won the World Cup two or three times, I think, something like that. And she's extraordinarily outspoken. And she politically, she is on the left-hand side of the map, which she would talk about and would love to talk about. She calls attention to what she considers to be inequity and in so doing calls attention to herself. I admire this. I admire people that know how to use the media, and Megan Rapino is terrific at it. I, I will just state my position on all of these things, which is college is different than the pros. People don't get paid in college. There is no excuse for the women's team of a given sport not to have all the same things as the men's team. Now, you can say, well, the men's team brings in more money. Yeah, but that money doesn't go to the players. It's not the pros. I would draw a distinction in the pros. In the pros, you can look to television ratings. You can look to crowd. You can look to money coming in. And you can say in the pros, for example, 
the men's soccer league, if the men's soccer leagues bring in more money and have higher ratings and operate under a, a much larger budget and the women's teams do not do that, that's the pros. That's a little bit different. But if it's the NCAA or if it's the United States teams, the United States Olympic teams, I am not saying that the United States Olympic fencing teams should get the same amount of money as the United States Olympic swimming teams. That would be foolish on my part. What I am saying is that the men's team and the women's team, if it says United States, you, they, they have to be the same. They have to be the same. There has to be equity on that. These are sponsored by the United States. I think Megan Rapinoe says the same thing, although I think she, I think she wants equal pay um, and for the World Cup team, and, and she sh they should. They should have equal pay. By the way, they crush in the ratings, and they do much better than the men's team. And on some level, they should get more money. But in college, there's no excuse for a, a, a weight room, which is one rack of 10-pound barbells that I might use at a gym? No, that, that's preposterous. Am I right on this? No, and you start by saying great athlete, and you and you would add She's with that great, as well, great activist as well. And you yes. About how you use your your position of power in the in this and that. Megan Rapinoe is one of the most recognizable athletes that we have, and uses it for cause. Correct. For cause. So I think it's I think it's impossible to separate this from the hashtag that you saw trending at the beginning of the NCAA men's tournament, which was hashtag not NCAA property. Right. And you and you try and then look at the photos that was emerging about the weight room, and then what you see about the buffet. It's like when you when you're booking you a hotel. the same food. What are you like doing? When you're booking a hotel, and they're like, oh, we you got a beautiful water view, a room with a view, and then you get up there, and you're like, this isn't what I this isn't what I was promised. And you think about what these athletes are are going through with. The virus with trying to compete, that's the, le the, the least worry you want to have is, you know, weight room, actually being able to, to train so you can. <laughs> or they don't, they don't get food? But again, these are, these, are mar these are marquee sports. The women's basketball tournament is, is on cable television. Well, the ESPN is running every game. what is going on for a, even a national championship as you go down the ladder in terms of men's or women's sports as to what they are getting or, or not getting. And you want to make sure someone is speaking up for them. When you played it, when you played golf, you played college golf, there's a women's team and a men's team. Did they get the same that you got? Yeah. I mean, they, they yes. should. And they, they should on all, on all of these levels. Now, if there's not a women's football team, okay. And that's, yes. but the women's softball team should get the same as the men's baseball team. They are the comparable sports. If, if they have two crews, if they're rowing, that should be the same. I don't even understand why that's not the same. But then you, when you go down the rabbit hole of, of the argument about potential revenue or what, what, what TV actually looks like, and the simple fact that the NCAA did not allow the women's tournament to use March Madness. Look actually yeah, on the floor. how can you not do that? And it goes yeah, women's ridiculous. tournament. Well, come and then on. You, and then you, you think about it. So how many years have we had it where every men's, every men's tournament game is on TV on one of the networks? You know, it's, it's four Many, many now. years. At least 10 years. Many years. Think about the, the compounding interest of that fact as you try and think about the the revenue that the men's tournament is 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 creating and you think about if you just added March Madness to the women's tournament what that would do when you're actually looking at their final their finals game telecast as you look at Sally's piece so, is reaching really high numbers it is so and again I want to make a distinction in professional sports I'm not talking about that I'm talking about Olympic sports or national team sports and college sports which are subsidized by larger organizations, and that should be completely equal. In the, the pros is, is different. I don't think anybody is arguing that, so you take the WNBA, you, you're not gonna get salaries in the WNBA 
comparable to the NBA. You, you're not the television contracts aren't the same. It, it's nobody's going to because there's no, you know, there's no board on high that is dispensing money. Those are individually negotiated contracts. That's why so many of the women, when they're done with the WNBA season, go overseas where they can make more money. That's pros. That's different. Am I wrong on this? You're you're right at, at the at the at yes you are correct. The, there. the pro is pros are different, but college and national teams, there's absolutely no excuse for this not being completely equal. It's right. Yeah, none. Yeah. And I think that's the point she's trying to make. And I, I don't know how you could disagree with that. And the NCAA just can't. The NCAA keeps the money. I mean, disperse. You know, you you have these people working for you. You pay them no money. You can't just give them a half of a chicken sandwich. It doesn't work that way. You can give me half of a chicken Make sure sandwich. You have your ticket for the buffet. But you can't. You can't do no it to refills. the athletes. Speaking of chicken sandwiches, I you know I gotta get a Zaxby chicken sandwich at some oh, point. Oh, I think there's one in Southern Virginia. I want to get to a Zaxby. And don't forget the salad. Yeah. But you go back to the it's salad with a the Z. Actual, That's the structure nuts. of the tournament, as you're looking at how these stories continue to cycle through, yeah. the, the ebb and flow of these tournament games provides just the perfect timetable for this to continue up until, Un, well, you until get to games. The, uh, up, yeah. yeah it, you got four days of no games, so this is the story that you get. But it's, you know, Congress is now involved. Congress is involved. Both sides of the aisle look at this and they go, Are you kidding me? What, so you, you have the women get no weights? I mean, what do you think? The photo of the weights what? originally, it's like if you go to, if you go to anyone's oh, house and you go up into the attic, that's what you see. Yeah, what are you yeah. doing? That's what my dad's lifting. You know, what are well, you doing? And then they said something like, well, we did that because there just wasn't enough room. And you see on that, that Get video. Get a bigger she, room. Man, yeah, the she pans out. out and he's like, yeah, you mean except for like this huge, you know, cavernous space where we could have put Conference room B. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You can't. I mean, what you have to do in a situation like that when the photograph runs, the person who's in charge has to say, I apologize. Ooh, we'll change this overnight. My yes. fault. Yep. That's that's what you do. You don't say, well, there's not a big enough room. <laughs> you don't right. do that. Yeah. You know, the weight room, the college and high school, well, I don't know about high school, the college weight rooms, that's, that's where athletes spend so much time, so much time. Even in sports, you wouldn't think. You look at these commercials that Rory McIlroy does, and so much of them are about calisthenics and lifts and stuff like that. That's... That's what they do, women and men. It just, what are you, nuts? Okay, so we'll take a break. Um, Jason, lock and four when we return? That is correct. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a ZipRecruiter ad. If you're a business owner who's hiring, you probably face a lot of challenges when it comes to finding the right person for your role. Maybe you got not enough applicants with the right skill or experience, or you don't know where to post your job to reach the right people. That's why hiring can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free, for free, at ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites with one click. Then ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So while other companies overwhelm you with way too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for, the needle in the haystack. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com 
com slash Tony. Once again, remember to go to, it's a unique place. Yeah, because it's got my name on it. ZipRecruiter.com slash T-O-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, smartest way to hire. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. I was born with the flame in my hand, yeah. Soon to be a fire. You were born with the white tattoo now. The object of desire. Steve Dawson sends this in. He says, here are some new songs from Virginia Coalition. We are performing a virtual show. I won't even try to explain it at Union Stage at the D.C. Wharf on April 2nd. That's next week. I was hoping you'd give out a shout out to my pal and colleague, Bruce Long. When I left the rock and roll business 200 years ago to try and forge a better life for the human daughter I was suddenly responsible for, I was fortunate to find a safe landing at the family business, a D.C. government relations firm where I worked during the day and went to law school at night. Having been a loyal listener since the AM 570 days, I was always excited when I would meet a fellow little at our firm who was a big fan of the show. Bruce Long had an amazing career at the White House and OMB and spent years helping build democracies in Iraq, Afghanistan, Jordan, India, Azerbaijan, uh, and Rwanda. So you would imagine my surprise in the winter of 2017 when he and I were discussing the place I would like to visit, and he placed chatter at the top of his list. Tremendous. So the two of us took that long Uber ride up Wisconsin Avenue and had the pleasure of watching a live show, taking some pictures and eating a delicious breakfast, and I wanted to belatedly thank you for that. It was a lovely day. Bruce has been a little under the weather. I'm hoping this stroll down memory lane and the accompanying shout-out might lift his spirits a little bit. This is Suicide Doors. That's the name of this tune, right? And the next, the next break, we're going to play Nashville. Am I right on that, Nigel? Yes, you are. Okay, and again, the group is Virginia Coalition. And whatever virtual show is, it's April 2nd at the D.C. Wharf. And they play in Jason Lock and Four of CBS Sports. And, and because of the NCAAs, you know, all other sports has been put in the background. Sure. But this is free agent time um, in, in football. And for a while there, that was at the top of the news wire. What is, so far, as you sort of survey all of it, what is the biggest headline so far for the NFL in the last three weeks? Biggest headline. Um, well, I, I think, uh, I guess there's a few. Um, you know, Tom Brady gets what Tom Brady wants. And mm-hmm. while much was made of the Bucks cap situation and, and you know, the minutia of that, the, 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 the reality of the NFL is cash rules cap. And if you're willing to keep spending, it's a soft cap. You can keep finding ways to go over it or around it. Um, and they obviously have kept pretty much everybody back. I mean, it's it's pretty astounding. And that will be something, obviously, we talk a lot about as we move uh, closer to training camps opening and all that, their defense and their ability. I mean, Antonio Brown's still out there. I, I would be shocked if he's not back in the fold as well. I mean, it's maybe Fournette, maybe not. But, I mean, if he's the one who falls through the cracks. So be it. It's it's pretty phenomenal that, you know, Shaq Barrett and Levante David and, um, you know, Godwin and uh, you just go down the list, Gronk um, and Dama Sue, they're, they're all back. Um, and they didn't have to cut a whole bunch of guys, you know, to, to get under the cap. So that obviously is something that um, people within the league have, have paid a lot, you know, close attention to. Um, we're now creeping closer to the draft, so the drama over which quarterbacks go where is in full bloom. 
um, much like my allergies, much like the pollen. Uh, so, yeah. you know, there'll be a lot of conversation about who's the second best quarterback, who's the third, which teams like which guys, who's moving up into the top three, you know, top five, top eight to try to jump a team or two uh, to get the quarterback that they covet. Um, you know, are teams like New England, even though they made a move with Cam Newton, are they done at the quarterback position? And the answer is no. Um, they'll continue to explore any and all options. Um, there is still the lingering um, sentiment that more quarterbacks could be dealt, and, and maybe that domino doesn't start now with a Russell Wilson because I think that market has pretty much dried up. That's more likely to happen next year. Um, and obviously Deshaun Watson's in a, uh, dealing with some civil allegations that um, are far more uh, consequential than football, and I don't foresee a football trade happening um, under these circumstances. But the Jets, I think, are going to take the kid from BYU at the second overall pick, which means Sam Darnold goes somewhere. And if Sam Darnold went to, say, San Francisco, then what does that mean for Jimmy Garoppolo? And you could have a little bit of a um, a ripple effect based on a move um, of that magnitude. Okay, so I'm going to deal with these one, one and two. I'll start with Russell Wilson because this was your story from the start. Mm. It makes it sound like you think he's going to stay. I'd like to talk about that. And I do think we have to talk about the Deshaun Watson stuff and how serious it is and what the league may or may not be doing about this and what it does. You know, it's totally speculative what it does to trade value um, because we we don't have anything concrete yet. So take Wilson and then go to Watson for me. Sure. With, with Russ, there were ultimately four teams that um, he would waive his no trade for and would, you know, jump on board all smiles. Um, one was the Dallas Cowboys, which was always a bit of a lark. It's close to his wife Sierra's home. Obviously, it's America's team, all the pomp and circumstance that comes with that. But they were dealing with a Dak Prescott situation that everybody in the league thought was going to end up with a second franchise tag and then ultimately a long-term deal. And he's got his $40 million a year, so there, there's, no, there's no home for Russ right. uh, in, in the Big D. Um, another was New Orleans, who, who did have a significant cap situation to deal with um, that doesn't have the kind of – while they didn't have to gut the team to the extreme, some thought they might – um, they were able to use a franchise tag on a safety and do some other things. Uh, they don't have you know, a ton of draft capital right now. They need to use the draft at least this year to add some talent. They're not in a position to be trading a ton of picks. Um, the timing just wasn't right for them. Uh, the Drew Brees thing kind of dragged out. Not that they were going to bring him back anyway, but you give a guy like that the time and space to make the announcement on his terms. So that's not a match right now. Uh, next year, totally different. Could be a totally different story. Um, you you had a situation with the Raiders where one of the things that they were most intrigued about by the Raiders was this offensive line that you know was overflowing with talent. Well, they completely gutted the offensive line. Right. They're now right. paying a, a running back on top of already having a running back. Um, they haven't added. You know, they lose Nelson Aguilar. They don't really add anything on offense. The defense still looks pretty horrible on paper. Um, you know, you're trading Trent Brown, you're trading Gabe Jackson, you're bringing Incognito back eventually on the cheap. You're, you're trading Rodney Hudson, um, you know, a, a top of the line center. 
So they their moves have left everybody a little bit sort of sideways, including um, Russell Wilson. So uh, that that's not really tenable right now. Um, and then the fourth was Chicago, who who did make a, a significant effort to land him, but it was also a short-sighted and misguided effort. Um, you know, they stumbled into the the playoffs. They're picking pretty low. If you're trading for Russell Wilson, you need to find a way to include a quarterback who interests the Seahawks or a means, a road, an avenue for the Seahawks to get that individual themselves, which would require, you know, something more than a pick in the 20s. So when they make an offer of a bunch of players, they're about to dangle on the street anyway because they really want to move their salary or cut them in, you know, Hicks and Fuller. And Khalil Mack's a good player, but he's on the wrong side of 30 now, and he makes a ton of money. And the draft picks aren't really any better than where Seattle's already picking then there's a pretty good chance they're going to say, no thanks. You, you know, and, and Chicago didn't get a third team involved. They didn't get creative and make a move for a quarterback on their own or they could then ship. They went and signed Andy Dalton. So uh, that's where the Russell Wilson thing stands. I don't okay. anticipate it changing this year, uh, but I would certainly stay tuned for next year. And what about Deshaun Watson? As we, we, we now have yeah. so many – I mean, the same lawyer is generating so many – women at this point that even though and I, I think I think I speak for a lot of people here even though we are not informed of facts there's so many that you you become you know you sort of say to yourself well there are so many yeah this has to be true and that, I'm I'm not saying it is true I'm saying that is where you're inclined to think so yeah I, I mean the the numbers are I mean as we speak I think it's it's 24 women making uh, oh allegations of of sexual impropriety or in some cases sexual assault against him doing it through the um the civil uh you know the civil process and not right as not criminal criminal process not criminal right you know the lawyer has said that he would like to work with um the houston police department and we'll see how that progresses um yeah look there's only two people from the complaints I've read who were really in the room um, when these allegations were made, who know exactly what happened and what didn't. Um, these lawyers don't know. I mean, they have, they have people telling them accounts, but they don't really know. Um, there's no way Deshaun Watson's representatives could really know. I mean, they, they just can't, they weren't in the room. Um, none of us, necessarily no and now the nfl's investigative arm is is looking into this um you know we don't know whether this is going to end up in a trial by jury or a grand jury or um uh, um whether a judge will adjudicate this him or her, herself uh but every day there has been someone else coming forward with a story that is very similar in many ways, to stories others are telling, and I don't, I don't know how um, you can pretend that's not happening or discount that out of hand. Um, you don't leap to conclusions, but this is this is absolutely positively troubling. Um, yes, and certainly. and it's much more significant, obviously than football or his employment status at this very moment. Um, and, and, you know, whatever grievances he has with the team and the team has 
with him. Um, I don't even really like speaking about it in, in the context of an NFL transaction. Um, but just taking a step back and looking at the entire situation, I don't know how anyone could say that um, nothing to see here. Teams will still fall all over themselves to trade for him by the draft. I, I, I have a hard time. Um, so, yeah. So let, let me know, just unless, step unless in on one there's thing. Some, there's some resolution to this, right? which I, I, I have a hard time, again, thinking that knowing how the league takes its time and knowing how the, the, the legal or the civil process works, I, I have a hard time thinking we're going to have absolute clarity on, on anything regarding uh, these allegations in the next four or five weeks. And after that, um, you know, you enter a period of the offseason where, again, if you're trading for draft picks, you'd want to have done that before the draft. And it could be obviously quite some time before we find out what discipline he's facing, if any. Yeah, you, you, when, you, when you do a show like this, you want to be very careful about what you say. And I'm going to try and be very careful. I don't want to use the word trade value or anything like that because the looming issue here is that so many women are accusing Deshaun Watson of improper behavior yes. in the same context. So many. And so that's, that is the most important thing. But when you do sports for a living, because we had to face this on PTI last week, because we had to talk about it, and sure. we, really, we don't really know anything. I mean, we right. do not have informed opinions. But your mind wanders. I mean, because why is Deshaun Watson, why was Deshaun Watson in the news prior to these allegations? It was because he had reportedly said, I don't want to play here anymore. And the team was saying, you're going to play here. We have no interest in trading you. So that is the sports context for this. It is not nearly as important as the truth with these allegations. And nobody is saying it isn't. But, but Jason, your mind wanders, you know, because you, you, you cover sport. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you have to say, well, what does this mean down the road? I mean, and none of us knows at this point. It's so many people, it's, and it's the yeah. same lawyer, Busby. Yeah. It's the same lawyer, and you know, how did this happen? And that's what that's what we all think, right? How did this happen? And by the way, the NFL, and I don't know that the NFL has subpoena power. They're not uh, anything to do no. with legal issues. Although, right. if it's civil and it's not criminal, I don't know who has subpoena power. But the league had better investigate this. They have to investigate this, and they have to use all their means possible to investigate this because this stuff, you know, in, in the times in which we, you cannot have this. Is it 24 women? It's just, wow, right? It's just yeah, so no, many. It's, it, every day, it, it, you know, wow. it, it just, the, the numbers keep growing. And, um, huh. the, you know, I... I, I, I The, I guess the one thing we we do know is to this point, Deshaun Watson and Rusty Harden and and whomever else is in his camp have yet to deny the existence of these interactions. So, you know, they're not. I have right. yet to hear him claim right. that 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 never happened. I didn't get that many massages. There's no way that this could be um, accurate in in that regard. It's disputing. Um, the chronicle of what took place during these interactions. And 
Yeah, I mean, there's a part of you, common sense, you know what I mean, whatever, you, you sit there and start to think and say, well, if, if it's a conspiracy, you would tend to think, I guess, on the surface that it would be a smaller number, like the numbers wouldn't keep growing because it's more difficult to keep proving something. You know, again, if it's, if, if it's coming out of nowhere, at some point you, you would think that number would have stopped or would have been smaller than this it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that the allegations are true no. because there's a tremendous amount of people making the allegations but but any reasonable person goes the number is what how many what and that's what you say to yourself and so you just want this to be resolved so that you can you, you want justice to be served in this i'll get off this issue i'll go to another issue the dan snyder story that dan snyder is going to be allowed to buy out his minority partners with the league's blessing, which seems to me to indicate that the National Football League has embraced Dan Snyder as an owner of the Washington football team, and we're not going to see, you know, a regime change there. Do I, do, am I interpreting that correctly as far as you're concerned? Well, I, I mean, there's certainly not going to be a regime change um, over the the issues that were going on between him and the minority owners and the, you know, lawsuits in India and yeah. the defamation and the discrepancy over um, numerous, uh, n- I guess, the, the numerous disagreements and um, grievances between Dan Snyder and, uh, you know, Dwight Schar and, and, and uh, Fred Smith. And Fred Smith. Yeah. So that was messy. Um, that's, you know, the league tends to want to keep all of that stuff in-house. That's why they set up, you know, arbitration and different panels and ways to find restitution and is- issues like this rather than to have it spill out in the court systems um, domestically or, in this case, abroad as well. Uh, and that's ugly, and that's not how they like to do business. And obviously you've got situations here where there's investigations going on by either set of lawyers and depositions and evidence and and things being put in the public record that I think the league would rather not have it all out there. And so to get this resolved, they were willing to waive some of their normal um, regulations regarding how, how much debt you can take on to take over a chunk of a football team because they want this resolved. And this is the quickest way to get this financial component of it um, put to bed. And the team, you know, you've had these different minority owners trying to get their sales, their shares sold on the open market and this deal or that deal. And, oh, well, he doesn't want to work with this guy and he doesn't want to work with that guy. And are we really going to be able to get that done? Where now if one guy pretty much owns it all and he's already vetted and already a part of the league, then we, we've put that to bed. And, and so they're basically willing to let someone who normally wouldn't be liquid enough to do this do it in order to end this, this uh, ongoing battle between him and his former partners. But, Tone, he's not going to own the whole nut forever. That's not how this thing no. works. He will eventually no. find people who he's comfortable having back in the fold um, as big money investors in that team. Um, especially as they continue their quest for a new stadium. And, and then, you know, they'll eventually be vetted and they'll, you know, agree to a purchase price and, and they'll be allowed in the room. 
Um, in the meantime, he will um, he will hold on to it because again, it puts that part to bed. There is still the ongoing matter of the investigation into the the, the many allegations of sexual misconduct and and, and that's that the Jill Wilkinson investigation. Assault. Right. Yeah. That, that goes on. Okay. And, and could that lead to some sort of, of discipline? Um, could. It certainly could. could. Uh, sure. Those who were saying that that was going to lead to um, a change of ownership. I guess my, my only response to that was it, it would certainly take um, a threshold of evidence that that would be um, overwhelming. You know, Isn't it for, great for, to talk about things that have nothing to do with the games? Yeah, I know. You know. <laughs> Plug your radio show for us. Yeah. Get out of here. Plug uh, your radio yeah, show. We will, we'll, we're going to talk about the six greatest animated animals who were not a part of the Disney family uh, or the Looney Tunes. That's something we'll be talking oh. about today from 2 to 6. That yeah, sounds Scooby great. Scooby-Doo's automatic, Snoopy. Um, right. I don't want to. I don't want to give it all away. But don't give Jabber it all Jaws, away. Let I people. Think, I think Jabberjaws is completely underrated. Um, you know, twenty-five foot talking shark who plays the drums. Come on now, how much drugs were those people on in the seventies when they created that thing? So anyway, <laughs> we'll be talking about inane stuff like that on Inside Access from two to six on one hundred five seven The Fan, and obviously a lot of Ravens, NFL, and Orioles talk as well. And uh, next time we'll have more fun. Thank you, Jason. It's always Thanks, fun. We'll have more than next time. Jason uh, Lockin four of CBS Sports. Here's Here Copper. Gigi. Yep. Yeah, and Gigi, new dogs. Uh, we will take a break. Pat Forty of, of uh, Sports Illustrated will join us when we return. Michael has a read for us. For those of you who are, are listening, I'm Tony Kornheiser. This, this is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. And this is the Sunday Read. Thanks, Dad, for that toss. You already know about how we finished those home projects over the winter, all about that storage, particularly if there's a chance you might be listing that house. But spring is not just around the corner. It's here. That means it's time to get the lawn on track. I know, I know, the last thing anyone needs is another complicated or toxic lawn product, but this isn't that. Sunday is a customized lawn plan that works with nature. you got to work with nature. They take out all the guesswork and unwanted chemicals so you can grow a beautiful lawn that's better for people, pets and the planet they want me to talk about what i like most about sunday lawn care and again i should say it's all the natural ingredients so that when bootsy and the hammer are you don't want yeah you want frolicking and playing tag on the lawn and eating the grass yeah eating the eating the grass but no i actually like the fact that it's connecting us with friends rob colpian when he went down he's now a sunday subscriber and i want to make my neighbors jealous yes you should it's it's the simple things uh, this was actually the first time I was serious about getting lawn care, and I made some mistakes beforehand, going to big box box stores and making some purchases that ended up raising the entire uh, field as if I was a feudal lord trying to switch crops. Uh, but again, they make it so easy. <laughs> I just went to Sunday.com. <laughs> That's where my mind went. Feudal put, lords. Love put it. in my home address. Yeah, we're going to rotate beans in for the nitrogen. Put in my home address <laughs> and their free lawn analysis tool. Took care of the rest, all just in seconds. Sunday uses soil and climate data to create a tailored nutrient plan so you get all the stuff your lawn needs and nothing it doesn't. Sunday is made with ingredients that you can actually pronounce, like seaweed, iron, molasses. So you can go, you can grow better and feel better about it. Love molasses being in the lawn All care. about, all about that molasses. Love Sunday it. explains exactly what you get and why, and everything is waiting at your door when you need it. More than that, they tell you how and when to apply it. So you're not just randomly throwing down 
the uh, the nutrient plant onto the lawn. All you have to do is attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. Lawn care used to take up my whole day. Now it just takes less than 15 minutes. Best of all, this stuff really works. And my grass looks better than ever. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com slash Tony to get $20 off your custom lawn plant at checkout. That's $20 off your custom plant at GetSunday.com slash Tony. Very good, Michael. Thanks, Very Dad. Good. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. One more time, this is Virginia Coalition doing a virtual show at the Union Stage at the D.C. Wharf on April 2nd next week. This is called Nashville. You can listen to music at the end of this show in its entirety without me tracking my stupid words over it. Michael, if people want to send in music, how do they do it? Please send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. This sounds sort of like that um, Tom Petty tune. There's a Tom Petty tune that sounds like, and I, I just can't recall the name of it off the top. Anyway, Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated joins us now. Pat's in the middle of the celebrities, not at the bottom, not at the top, somewhere in the middle. Um, when we talk about the NCAAs, can I just get one thing clarified? I did not expect the second weekend to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I just thought it would go back to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Do you, is there a reason for this, or should I have known better? Well, you always should have known better. But the reason is uh, that, that they just want to keep the spacing basically the, the, uh, the same or relatively the same from what it was uh, from the first weekend. So, you know, they pushed everything back a couple of days. And I think that right. they, wanted, uh, they, they wanted to give full windows Saturday and Sunday to the Sweet 16 games. Like, there's no overlap. Usually... As you know, there's Thursday. There's two games going on at the same time on Thursday, and then there's two more. Mm-hmm. You know, so now at least every game gets its own full window. Okay. Um, I've been screamed at by emailers with total justification because I said, bet the Big Ten, bet the Big 12, and the Pac-12 stinks. And so I looked stupid. I, I think I'm joined by, as James Taylor would say, a holy host of others, um, who looks stupid as well. What, what, is, what is your explanation on the Big Ten and the Big 12, and what is, in your mind, the biggest surprise so far? And that doesn't have to be one game. It could be a trend. Well, you know, it's funny. I think that I've heard this a lot. Well, the media overrated those leagues. Well, everybody thought those leagues were the best. I don't think this is a media creation. I mean, the selection committee seated them where they seated them. If you look at the power ranking places, you know, the, the numbers guys that do things only by algorithm, they all had the Big 12 and the Big 10 teams at the top, too. You know, I just think that here's the deal. In a season where a pandemic has completely altered everything, strange things have happened at the beginning yeah. and the middle and now at the end of the year. Uh, and Mick Cronin from UCLA gave me a pretty good explanation for what happened, at least with them. said, we went six months with out being to do, able to do anything. We couldn't work out in our weight room. We couldn't have small group uh, instruction. We couldn't scrimmage. We couldn't, we couldn't do anything. We were way behind, and now we're catching up. We're playing our best basketball now, uh, you know, so that explains them. Why the Big Ten flopped, I don't know. Why the Big 12 flopped, I don't know. But uh, you could maybe find some warning signs here and there and some difficult situations and matchups, but... That was just a big surprise, and that's March basketball. 
I would say that if, if there was any consensus um, for most people picking brackets, because you always try to pick an upset or two, it was that Villanova was going out and Creighton was going out, and they're both in. They're both in, and they looked to be – Creighton looked to be a total non-factor. How do we explain those? Yeah, that uh, – you know what? That's impressive, I got to say. Especially I thought Villanova, just because you take out Colin Gillespie, who's, you know, huh. 15, 16 points, five assists. Right? He has the ball in his hands all the time, and all of a sudden he's out, and now you've stormed into the second uh, weekend. You know, it, it's – it's impressive. Uh, Creighton, again, that surprised me as well. I, I, I picked those teams both to lose, and, uh, and here they are. And, you know, good for them. I, I mean, that's, that's impressive work by those teams. There doesn't appear, and I know this is going to sound like Gonzaga bashing, and I accept that it probably can be interpreted that way. There's really nothing in front of Gonzaga. There's really not. I mean, if they don't win this, I mean, they're pounding people in the tournament. There's nothing in front of them, right? You'd have to make them the heavy favorite, would you not? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I picked them all to begin with. I would certainly pick them all the more now. Uh, you know, they, they have a nice path to get there for sure. Uh, you know, their region is not difficult. They, you know, I could see a matchup, and they could still end up. Uh, you know, I believe facing Michigan or or Alabama in the Final Four. Uh, I would take Gonzaga over both of those teams, uh, and then maybe a final against Baylor. Yeah. Uh, you know that could be that could be a good game, but uh, I, I I think it sets up very well for Gonzaga. I, you know, and I, I I like the fact that they've been at least pushed a little bit in parts of the game, like Oklahoma. The Oklahoma game, Oklahoma wouldn't go away. I think that's good for them because I do think they need to taste their own blood in their mouth a little bit so that they realize that they can be beaten. Is there, and, and look, we're, we're down, we have 16 teams. Some of them have no chance of winning, and we all understand that, that this made their season getting here. But is there, other than those four teams you have mentioned, which are big schools, is there a dark horse team that you look at and you say, they got a chance here. They got a chance, and we're not, we need to recognize they've got a chance. Loy Olaf. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I love that, that team. I, I really do. And watching them, not just beat Illinois, but beat them down, demoralize them, dominate the game, and leave Illinois sitting there with no answers was one of the most impressive performances of the tournament. Shoot, Jim Beheim uh, the next day said it was one of the most impressive teams he's ever seen. Uh, I mean, what they did in that game was incredible. Illinois never led, not for one second of that game. I, this is in my story today. It was the worst defeat in the second round for a number one seed in 35 years in terms of margin yeah. of victory. You know, usually yeah. you'll see the number one seeds lose in that second game sometimes, but it's a one point, three point, five point game. This is 13, and it wasn't a close 13. Their defense is so good. They play so well together. They're so smart and well-schooled and tough. You know, if I, like if I'm Indiana, Tony, I, I don't let Porter Moser leave the state. I go get him – you know, wrap him up after this thing is over, whenever Loyola loses, if Loyola loses, and say, you're just coming with us down to Bloomington. We're hiring you because you're the guy. Well, the other part of that is, it's, I'm sorry, it's not five freshmen. It's not. It's people no. who have played together for a while. It's an actual team. Some of these other teams are not actual teams because they have, haven't played together all that long. I've got, 
I, I've got two questions that are sort of off the path, but I'll ask them anyway. We've seen once, just once, we saw VCU get DQ'd for reasons that you know were stated months before this thing started and are available to everybody. So it's, nobody's picking on VCU. This can happen. The coronavirus can strike. Are you more or less fearful that it will happen again? I think less. Like when it happened, I thought, oh, my gosh, now we're going we're gonna to have two or three teams here over the weekend, you know. But, yeah. you know, I think, first of all, you've, you've whittled down the field now. There's fewer teams. Uh, the question is, obviously, during this downtime, these four or five days, are the teams doing everything they need to do to, you know, to stay healthy? Are they staying in the hotels? Are they avoiding contact with other teams? There were some rumors like, oh, yeah, they're all fraternizing in the hotels. I don't know whether that's true or not. Uh, you know, the, but frankly, yeah, I, I thought, oh, boy, we, we're, we're headed for a bunch of games to get canceled, and, and it hasn't happened. We've got one, and hopefully that's the case uh, the rest of the way. Hopefully we get the rest of this thing done. Okay, this other thing is just, it just occurred to me, I don't have an explanation. Um, it's something you talk about as you're playing golf with the three people you're playing with. Six of the 16 schools have religious affiliations, Baylor, Oral Roberts, Villanova, Creighton, Loyola, and Gonzaga. Is there anything to that? Is there anything you've ever thought about? Does it, or is it just completely random and it's something that I collected in the way that I look at license plates and add up the numbers, that it doesn't really mean anything? <laughs> The power of prayer has compelled them, Tony. That's that's what yeah, I'm going well, with. No, I mean, yeah. no, it's it is interesting because I was thinking about that as well. I was I was chided by somebody because I referred to Oral Roberts as a Baptist university. It's Pentecostal. Uh, right. They got those giant praying hands for a reason. Maybe maybe the prayers were answered. Uh, now I, I I think that first of all at the Catholic schools they're basketball schools. You know they don't have football right. teams, so they can pour all of their interest in, uh, into that. Uh, Oral, Roberts is, Oral Roberts doesn't have a football program. So Only Baylor. Only Baylor has a football program of those schools. Right. Only Baylor. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Baylor has become, you know, they, they built it on, on a fairly infamous football program, but they built their yep. whole athletic program in terms of revenue and exposure and everything during that period, and they poured a lot into facilities and, uh, being good at other sports, you know, their women's basketball program is really good. Their baseball team has been good. They've uh, they've just kind of risen the whole profile of the place over the last decade or so, and uh, they just made a commitment to athletics. This is all I got. It's all I got. I'm going to watch the same way you're going to watch. Thank you, Pat. All right. Thank you, Tony. Pat Forty, boys and girls. We will take a break. We will come back with email and a jingle. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Michelob Ultra read. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take the time to enjoy themselves, like having a Michelob Ultra with friends, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. In my life as a sports writer and somebody on television, I can think of two teams that exemplified this m more than others. And I don't want you to get the wrong impression because to be a professional athlete means you have to work very, very hard at it. 
you're in an extraordinarily narrow slice of accomplishment when you reach the pros. But having fun is important as well. I would give you two. I would give you the 2019 Nats, who every time they hit a home run, danced in the dugout. And when they danced in the dugout, the camera stayed on them. And it made all of us who rooted for the team very happy. And there was a sidebar to that. If Adam Eaton or Howie Kendrick were involved in a play that resulted in a run, they sat next to each other on the bench and they did a power shift as if they were driving a car. And that, too, gave them great joy and gave us as viewers great joy. The obvious other example is the 85 Bears, maybe the greatest single-season team in the NFL when they put together the Super Bowl shuffle. And everyone went, oh, my God, you can't do that. That's going to jinx you. you got to keep your nose to the grindstone. But no, they were the best team ever. They went through the playoffs something like 91 to 10. And even Wilbon knows how good they were, and I don't get angry when he says it. So that is the great joy that you can take from sports. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of you folks. That's Tim Wildsmith from Nashville. That's very, very lovely. Nigel, before we get into the mailbag, why don't you give us the Bethesda bagel read? Yes, Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for a location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in, and you will be thrilled. All right, that's just about it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say we're going to run the picket fence at him. Merle, you're the swing man. Jimmy, you're solo rider. All right, Merle, you should be open swinging around the end of that fence. Now, boys, don't get caught watching the paint dry. I'm pretty sure that is from Hoosiers. Yes. I'm pretty sure that's Gene Hackman's speech, right? No, no, it's not Gene Hackman. It's... um. Who's the assistant coach? Dennis, the, Dennis yeah, Hopper. Dennis yeah, that's Dennis okay. Hopper. Okay, that's May good I give the know. Johnny O code? Sure. TK Clocks is still working. Uh, go check out the Gunner striped long sleeve hooded t-shirt. Uh, it's actually one of the best surprises I've had from them. And uh, little Walkman is still rocking his Pamlico. Or you could look like Tony and try out the adventurous Hull Shacket. The Shacket. I've got a Shacket, which... Which everyone says looks good, but I think they're lying to me. You look great, and yet you have to wear it. You have to wear it with your arms crossed and sunglasses down to just have the full <clears throat> Mr. Tony look. Apparently, I look like a fool lately, and and it's common. Well, you want to take photos with everyone. Um, Brian in Fairfax, dear Mr. Tony, or really Michael, I'm proud to say parents seventy and sixty-seven think my kids five and one are smarter than dogs, but they do drive a Subaru. I don't know that we're going to settle this as to who's smarter, a dog or a small child. Well, the hammer's been coming over more recently. Has your mind been... He's a real kid. He's a real kid now. He's a thick little kid. He's got the look of a center on a football team. He's got that young Jack Nicholas look. (laughs) I really like that. I really like that. Is he smarter right now than the dog? Well, the dog communicates. We've already established that. Yeah, I don't know. Now, but again, every time the dog goes to the same trick and eats the frisbee and vomits the frisbee yeah it strikes me as stupid unless the dog enjoys that unless that and the hammer can say tony he can and carol he can say that from bren eaton in new market virginia as a lifelong dairy farmer there are times when i think cows are stupid but that's probably out of frustration when they outsmarted me 
Dairy cows are actually pretty intelligent, show emotion, and recognize a small group of other cows that they consider friends and people that they like or dislike. Cows milked on robot farms are trained to go to the milking station on their own several times a day whenever the need arises. They're also problem solvers, and anyone who didn't latch a gate properly finds this out the hard way. Shout out to my favorite Jersey cow, Honey, and my favorite Holstein, Madam Cupcake. So I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know cows were smart. I thought cows were stupid, but I'm obviously wrong. I don't, you know, we could get Buster only. Yeah, we'll have to check with him. Yeah, we could ask him. Uh, here's a haiku from Shad about cows listening to podcasts. I hear cows are dumb. Is that Tony Kornheiser? He is a moron. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, from Mark Feiner in Greenwich, Connecticut. Dear Mr. Tony, one Dolphins, two Reginald, three Chuck Todd, four Bootsy and the Hammer, five Chessy, six Flying Squirrels, seven Frisbees, eight Rabbits, nine Rum Dums, ten Saliza. That's the definitive list of smart. From <laughs> Bruce Lawing in Concord, Not North like Carolina. I have a new client with the last name Sesams. It's taken everything within me not to call him Sam the Sham. His name is not even Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Sesams, who played so well for Binghamton, then went to Penn State. Am I right on that? Yeah. Penn State? Yes. From Doc Bradley in Las Vegas, Nevada. I usually turn off the podcast after the mailbag, but every now and then I stay for one of the songs if it grabs me. Sweet mercy, did Jill Wilson's voice grab me. She is simply amazing. I hope in the future, when she's accepting the title of Queen Voice Goddess of the Universe, she remembers the Tony Kornheiser show and all us littles who were dumbstruck by the beauty of her music. Even though I don't always like the music, I absolutely love the idea of Mr. Tony sharing his platform with aspiring artists. Thank you, Tony and Nigel, for letting me hear Ms. Wilson. Please keep the music coming. We, Nigel, we get that a lot, right? We get a lot of people who like the music. We're happy that, for that. Yeah, go check yes. out Claire Kelly again. You know, from Will Salisbury, who can, who's a contributing writer for Arch City Media and the front man for Money for Guns, that's a St. Louis band. Will here from the official St. Louis local band of the Tony Kornheiser show, Money for Guns. No tune this time, just a note that you forever changed the way my brain works. I opened Spotify to stream some 60s rock and roll to get me motivated on a Friday morning. A little Dion on the Belmonts, a little Rubber Soul, but wait. Then all of a sudden, I... St uh, then all of the sudden... I see the new start of a description of an episode that reads, Tony opens up the show by talking about his new chair, a sweater he bought for Michael, and a lamp he got. And I thought, well, I got to hear this. What have you done to me? I'm the front man of a rock band, for God's sakes. I guess I'll hang up and listen for some news on when socks should be thrown out, how often Michael smokes meat during the spring and summer, or the trials and tribulation of a lone man fighting the good fight against water theft in the greater Rehoboth Beach area. Yeah, you should. That's good. From Drew Kofsky in Westfield, New Jersey. Isn't your fourth sports writing disappointment the fact that you weren't assigned to cover Gilbert Arenas' birthday party? <laughs> I actually think that's pretty funny. And from Alana, uh, from Atina, A-T-E-N-A, Atina or Atena, Rozak, from Baltimore by way of the Inn at Perry Cabin in St. Michael's, Maryland. That's in... That's in Wedding Crashes, right? Yeah. The Inn at Perry Cabin, that's the place where they go. I realize the pandemic has limited your travel and thus talk of the two bathrobe accommodations, but I was hoping you might have some advice for me. If the hotel has slippers in the room, can I keep them? Information for life that I am lacking. I would say yes. Oh, you're about to get that big charge. I would, I, you don't think you can keep slippers? I think it's available to purchase. Now, oh. what? they can't reuse them, though. Well, that's the whole point. You know, nobody cleans slippers. They don't wash them. It's not like towels which are washable, reusable. Well, how about the robe? You can you can wash and well, reuse the robe, but would you, you like to use someone else's robe? No, but you can buy robes. Well, I don't know about slippers. Steve Tabor, Fort Smith, Arkansas. 
Dear Uncle Tony, do you mind if I skip past you and directly address one of your sponsors? Dear Butcher Box, for the love of God, please give this man some free bacon. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. I was born with the flame in my head. Yeah. Soon to be a fire. You were born with the white tattoo now. You bought that cool old car Talking about suicide doors Tinted rear view You got me leaving my past behind Baby, the sun looks good on you Whoa, baby, meet you at the corner store Girl, I buy you ribbons for that new dress, new dress. I buy your hand that cookie jar, baby Your daddy didn't count on this mess What I said, oh Lord Ever since we day you were born
here in Nashville.